Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 197. Our guest tonight, Buck the Taxidermist. There's an older man sitting in his driveway A pocket full of hands Watching his grass grow green and tall Until the men come and cut it all back down And his license plate says cold keeps the lights on Buddy, he ain't wrong And I can't complain, no, I won't scoff There's hardly a day when all of us are off On our little street The dogs bark and the children move their feet our little street The trees all pick a day and lose the Thank you. 
I took a ride on a paperback trying to understand what that meant Little words of great birthday How could I forget And I was younger back then And I didn't understand quite yet I never looked at Thread the sunset on your back. I turn to see bloody knee in the crimson track. And you were younger back then. And you used to run so damn fast. And I can't count the bad days on one hand And I can't hold the good in the other And I don't regret a single bet I made Just to jump on it with you, my brother
garage door is closed On the corner of High and Rose And the sign reads out to live, be back soon YMCA takes the stress away And the windows are fogged at the local subway And hungry people stand in its view And there's a lot of broken bottles on Maxwell Street And boring looking people hear the same My third floor flat I hear a banjo I see a cowboy hat And I'm not sure That's the way it goes The lights are low On the floor below And there's a lot going on And it's soft glow And I do believe Someone's bell got rung And I can feel the caffeine on the corner of Old Vine And people get their groceries to get drunk on wine Do, do, do Do, 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 do kids go to little Mexico and they love to help but they don't carry cash the runways past the old Starbucks and 10 or 15 taco trucks and diesel motors fly black smoke fast and there's a lot of broken bottles on Maxwell Street Boring looking people hear the same And I can feel the caffeine on the corner of Old Vine And people get their groceries to get drunk Numbers, Ricky of it. 
Last week in the calendar when you're sick Windows use far less these days And the air's filled with lavender sticks You held the hand and trembled on the gravel Pine needle carpet and kayak paddle. You held the tears and the notes of the balladeer all along with the white dress and chatter. Foxy baby, orange haired lady, Mr. Boy with the black tussled coat. Tug of war on the kitchen floor and half rolled words written down on crumpled up notes. Two cups of tea in a science fiction novel. PM 11:03. Making plans for Michigan. Checking the kids for ticks again And Mr. Boy barks through the screen You rifled through the canvas bag I got in eighth grade Searching for the lost potato chips But the driver swerved and you lost the nerve And man, we're back at square one where the air's filled with the lavender still Foxy baby, orange-haired lady Mr. Boy with the black tussled coat Tug of war on the kitchen floor And half-rolled words Written down on crumpled up notes Yeah. <laughs> Great tunes, man. Yeah, appreciate it. How's it going, man? How's it going? I'm doing quite well. Awesome, man. So we just uh, got a spectacular four songs uh, for us. I always, I, you know, I always talk about it because it's always so good. Every time we have get the song, I, I, I think I love the new format for that right there. Yeah, I think it's cool just to do the songs and get to hear them. You sounded great, by the way, man. Like I know I've said that a couple times, but the recorded stuff you have is phenomenal, and today was phenomenal too. So it's cool to see you stripped down like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Earl's been uh, talking about the recordings a lot. I love the recordings. Yeah, yeah I'm recording stuff now, so I'm ah, I'm in. Yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm very <laughs> interested in in good recordings. Well, um, before we get too deep and get into your backstory a little bit, I think we'd be jerks if we didn't say happy birthday over there to the the man with the plan on the switcher, my brother from another, Brad. Happy birthday. Happy cheers, birthday, cheers. buddy. Cheers. Cheers, guys. He said he can only have one because he's got a doctor's appointment in the mar- tomorrow. That's what he gets for your. That's what you get for your birthday present when you get a certain age, you know. But at least you don't get, you know, 
the full spectrum tomorrow, bro. It does seem like you go to the doctor more often once you get to a certain age. Well, I mean, you know, you're, it's slow, slow deterioration. They got to check on you a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm closer to dying than birth now, right? That's the way it works, man. I mean, I am too. I would imagine I live, uh, I don't live easy all the time. So I'm sure <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> you know, one, one foot on the, in the grave, one foot on a banana peel, right? <laughs> hey, I gotta, I gotta ask a question though. I'm sure it's his first question of every interview. But are you a taxidermist? <laughs> uh, not yet. <laughs> no, I've, I, uh, I've had a lot of jobs, but that's not been one of them yet. So, what's yeah. the story behind the name uh, taxidermist? I just have a, have a strange imagination, and um, I, I've had several uh, different iterations of my music throughout the years, and. Um, I came off of playing like string music the most recent from this project and I was ready to have a rock and roll band and I talked to my buddy. I was like, what do you think of uh, Buck and the Taxidermist? And he was like, just drop the and make it Buck the Taxidermist. <laughs> and then I was like, that's smart because usually when I start a band, people lose interest and then it's just me. So and it can be a, a band or my own thing. And that's what it's been for the last six years. You know, the one thing that I do know, um, just visually, it catches you. Um, because long before you were in this room, I knew who you were based on seeing your name. Yeah. Probably not hearing as much as seeing it. Yeah. I Like, today was the first time I'd listened to you. Like, I've said I love the music, but I've seen your name around a long time. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it definitely, the name is a is a good one. Yeah. It, it's so nonconformist, I guess, is a, is a way to say it. And... and very original, and that's hard to do in the band naming or, or artist naming game these days. You know, I mean, that's uh, I've seen a lot of people that have you know they they dislike that whole process, but for me, I've never it's never been an issue with anything that I've because just in my head, I'm like, that's uh, I don't know that uh, I guess my first grade teacher said that my thoughts are enough to entertain me, so she <laughs> told my mom she said he's not doing bad in school. It's just he's in a different on a different plane right now. Yeah. And, um, so thankfully, uh, and that translates to songwriting, I think a little bit. So, um, now it, Google ability, it's pretty great. You can, uh, you type it in and you either get like a buttload of taxidermy videos or there's me singing sad songs about my family. <laughs> oh man. It, it is ingenious. I am one of those guys that I would love to be able to. I bet there's nothing better than, than coming up with a cool band name. I just yet to come up with one. I am too. That's why I just use my name. <laughs> yeah, you make it easy, huh? Somebody else was in recently and they were just rattling off band names. That oh, they... it, was, it, was, it was last week with Sydney. It was uh, their bass player. I Jay. Can... Yeah, Jay. Yeah, he had a great name. How about names. that, Brad? It took me 197 episodes to remember somebody's name. <laughs> You did I'm it. Terrible with names, man. Jay, yeah, he was all, he was crazy with the. Uh, he had a list on his phone of like he's like, oh, I got forty names on here, and he was just rattling them off, and was, they were all bangers. They really were. <laughs> I was going to say my my wife has a collection that she's been uh, keeping since college, um, and for some reason, the only one I can remember right now is hypothetical utters. <laughs> So they're not really, they're not great band names. Uh, another one's Conjugal Fishing. <laughs> so there's some pretty good ones. But, uh, and then in our, I work in a kitchen. In a kitchen, we have like a, what people say, you know, you'll hear them say something weird. And uh, we have like a festival that we've, uh, 
I guess there is video, so I just did quotations, but <laughs> there's a festival like of stuff that people have said. So, uh, yeah, collecting band names is a good idea, and we do it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had a, yeah. I can't think about band names. No, I can't either. I always want to be like Earl Bowman and something. I, I let Spencer come up with a few, but they weren't that good. Yeah, so. <laughs> I've, I've given him that type of responsibility before, too, and it never uh, landed me anywhere. You he know. hasn't had enough life experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. Too too young, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, man, we always uh, like to start, especially for first-time guests, to kind of take us back, as far as you can remember, to your earliest memory of music and when you knew that it was going to be something that uh, was going to be an important part of your life. Uh, yes, I grew up in a, um, this is probably very common for this area, uh, grew up in a, a pretty... Um, fundamental Baptist church setting. And, um, like we, at our church, we sang mostly hymns. Um, so having like that background of like, you know, for better or worse in those churches, the, the music was like the people that wrote those hymns were, um, on a different level as far as like good songwriting. And so I kind of grew up with, uh, hearing harmony, even if I didn't understand it, and the way that chords and and things work together in a in a setting. So I grew up singing from a you know early age, like when so I was when, five even. When you say uh, fundamental, do you mean was it one of those churches that was a piano or an organ and vocals, and that's it, or was it one of those that had a a band that tried to make it feel more mainstream? Um, the the one with the piano and organ. Yeah. Okay. So we were like a yeah independent Baptist church, um, and without any disparaging like comments towards it, it was you know that's we grew up in a very conservative mm-hmm. uh, background, and so the music was conservative too. But uh, for you know for the like the benefit of that was we were getting to hear you know um, uh, Fanny Crosby and some of the you know early songwriters. Uh, that were, you know, had the hymns with like five verses in it and you're learning like all these like augmented things and and stuff that's in three, four verses. Like, you know, every praise and worship band or song is like, people joke, call it a 7-Eleven song Mm -hmm. because it's the same thing over and over again. You can predict it. But with with, uh, hymns, you're getting like a taste of... Hymns, you get the yeah. creepy shit. You yeah. really get chords that kind of crawl <laughs> yeah. up your back. You know what I mean? No, I'm, yeah. the serious, yeah. like the augmented, the sevens, the mm-hmm. sixes, the just stuff that, um, that that kind of just gives you the gives you that thing. It's not necessarily um, in that poppy, um, more mainstream, which I grew up in more mainstream Christian, uh, home where, you know, they tried to get you in with the, with the music, which got me started in playing music. And it's very, very interesting. And the reason that I asked that question, uh, was because you said something about the songwriting of the hymns, which I found to be wildly interesting because nobody's ever mentioned that. Generally, if somebody started at church, it's because they were, a kid that got their first shot to play on stage on in a church setting, probably more in the way that I did with um, here's, you know, God's not dead. He's alive. GCD, GCD mm-hmm. type of deal um, that got you into the to the the feeling of learning music and being accepted and playing music. But to hear you talk about, number one, hearing the songwriter and then uh, naming a songwriter 
and then talking about harmonies because when you do have just a piano um, and that more fundamentalist Christian upbringing where the music is based on what the what is in the hymn, you play it like that, everybody sings and you get those harmonies. I think it, I wonder if it makes you break songs down more at a younger age to where you do pay attention to what those lyrics are because there isn't this big hoopla around the the hymn book. There is literally that piano chord and harmonies and I'm sure you didn't think about that as a young kid, uh, but do you, is that something like, do you ever consider that not only was it an advantage to have that as a kid, uh, to get, to get that education, uh, even in a, in a, that broad of a setting, uh, but do you ever think that maybe even it was more important because it, it really allowed you to focus in on stuff that maybe people don't really focus in on naturally? Yeah, I mean that's the like my first uh, first like performing music was singing in like the kids choir. Like even if we didn't want to, our parents made us do it. <laughs> and so like you had the kids choir where you were just learning the parts, and um, and then eventually like if you took it a step further, you're you're going to be like either you know singing the harmony or or the you know the main melody. But um, yeah, I think one thing I remember is like my late grandfather, he he was a tenor, even though he was like six foot three, big guy, but he was like this tenor and he would sing um, uh, in, I can't remember the song, but there's a part where it says, uh, rolled away and then there's this high part that nobody else did in the church, but you'd hear my, like when we sing that hymn, he would sing, rolled away and at his funeral, like we sang that song for, you know, in remembrance of him. And then like all of our, uh, all the grandsons sang that part. And the funny thing is we always took it as like a joke. Like it's granddaddy was doing it, but he was being serious. But we were like, we always expected, you know, over in that side of the church, we're going to hear granddaddy do that, that part. And I say all that to say, I'm that, that trained me for like, okay, this is, you know, this has this part and you got to make room for, um, you know, this in the equation of the song that you're making. Um, and I think it's helped me when, when I'm like writing or producing, like to, to like, uh, maybe not focus on like, we're going to have a guitar solo here versus like, we want contrary emotion in the, in the song. Or we, you know, when the, you know, the organ or piano is going down, then the voices are going up, like having like, so I do think of music that way versus now we need to have like a, and sometimes I think there needs to be somebody ripping a solo, but <laughs> yeah. I think versus being in the, like growing up with a praise and worship band where like somebody's lead guitar or there's a drum fill behind a plexiglass barrier. <laughs> uh, uh, when I was growing up, it was, can I learn, I want to learn the harmony that my great aunt is doing behind me and like hearing her sing the harmony part over my head and, and trying to learn that. And I'm still not a great harmony singer, but at least I have like the, the idea for it, you yeah. know. So, so you're talking. Uh, th- these are just people in a congregation singing harmonies. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That that was what was really cool about uh, growing up in that setting with with uh, with hymns. Anyway, yeah, we could talk about hymns all day, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. This is the longest <laughs> talk about hymns I've ever had, and I don't know another person that would have like even broken down the hymns like that and and talked about the songwriting. I think. I don't know. That's very interesting to me. Like, I mean, I, I guess like all of us went to church and stuff as a kid. And I always liked 
the more fun songs. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so it's cool to like really kind of think about like just the actual lyricism of those hymns and whatnot. Like, oh, did you talk about like deepness? Yeah. It's the, regardless of your beliefs, when you read something like, are you washed in the blood of the lamb and all those things? I mean, how can you not be like, this is the most dramatic and, and, uh, heavy writing that there could possibly be, you know I mean? It's, it's deep. So being, uh, as young as you were coming up in that, that, um, system, it's, it is interesting that you do kind of cling on to the, the lyrics. I feel like that's not something a lot of people would no. do. And I think that's probably why a, you're a great lyricist yourself. Like all these songs that you play tonight just the lyrics are phenomenal. So yeah. like, uh, you definitely can tell you care about the lyrics. It reminds me, my my mother likes to visit churches, and she used to work with a lady that was uh, is a Pentecostal, fundamental Pentecostal, like the blue jean skirts and yeah, I think so. So, but she went to church with uh, the lady she worked a, with. We probably just offended a lot and of it, people. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> but she talked about people in the congregation, you know, singing thirds and fifths and octaves yeah. and, you know, the whole, con- the whole congregation was, was in harmony. So, you know, people saying, picked their part and sang different parts. And it, it really struck her because she had never heard that in church. Well, like, dude, it's, it's my dad, when growing up in, in growing up in church, I was always, for some reason, had to sit in with the adults and then always got beat when I got home because I couldn't sit still. Imagine that. Uh, Especially Rick Johnstone's kid not being able to sit still. You ever, you've been around? You haven't been around my dad. He can't quit. He quit. Anyway, so uh, he always would naturally sing the harmony. He would never, ever, ever sing the the melody line. It was always heading to harmony line. So I would grow up singing the, the melody line, and, and he would be right beside me singing the harmony. Always, even to this day. If he sings the, the if he hears the national anthem at a ball game, he sings the harmony. He never ever sings the main line. And my sister's got a killer knack for the same deal. It's like, and I'm like, I, I'm not a harmony singer. It takes, I have to find it and figure it out. And I can, uh, but sometimes it's just, I, it's too high. It's too this. It's that. Uh, <laughs> You're so, better than I am though. Well, it, to naturally, if I, if I start at the right spot, I'm good for the whole song. <laughs> if I start at the wrong spot, I'm in the wrong spot for the whole song. <laughs> well, the good part on harmonies, though, if you start at the wrong spot, you can just quit. You don't have to sing harmonies anymore. <laughs> so, Kyle, when did you uh, start with guitar? Uh, I think I got a guitar um, when I was in high school, which is early 2000s, and then uh, soccer and baseball were way more important to me than that. Oh yeah, man, um, and then. When I moved to Florida to go to college, that's I had a lot of. It was either studying because I took a lot of hours, or it was do I want to like go to the beach or just stay in my dorm and play guitar. And that's when I really started picking it up. Was my freshman year of college. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Pensacola Christian College, which okay. uh, uh, go Eagles. Uh, <laughs> go Eagles. Uh, so if you've ever heard anything about Liberty. Yeah, uh, college. If you got kicked out of my school, you went to Liberty. That's how. <laughs> that's how strict. Uh, hey, Liberty's yeah. undefeated that's in football, wild. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, they're uh, undefeated yeah. in football really? this yeah. year. Like, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I went there. It was a. It was an experience to say the least, and mm. I met, I made a lot of good friends. But uh, yeah, that's when I started playing guitar a lot. And, yeah. Dude, could you imagine my grades on a beach? Oh no! Can I you I... go below zero zero? 
I went to school in Eastern Kentucky and my grades were awful. There wasn't shit to do out there and I still didn't study. Shoot, dude. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine being going to school at a beach. Neil, you never passed a class, did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not well. You did? Not at at the University of Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I mean once you went to college. I mean, no, I mean, you became a hell of a guitar player. I do have an associate. I do have a degree. I do have at least a two-year degree, but it was not from the University of Kentucky. They just stole my money. I think I helped them, like, I don't know, build something. But no, I didn't spend a lot of time. Kyle, when was the first time you uh, played out in public with your guitar? Um, So I started, um, I guess when we got into, like, playing music, I, I didn't actually play guitar in the the first band that I started because we were a uh, Christian like post-hardcore, uh, like a metalcore band. And so, <laughs> what does that look like? I know, like? right? Uh, so the band is called Armor of Light, which I'm is... Exactly, yeah, Christian. Yeah, so I hope mean, you only That's did the thing hymns. is like, if you look into it though, the best, uh, the best of like the metalcore and hardcore scene in the early aughts was Christian. Um, so if you go check out bands like Under Oath or um, For Today... Um, impending doom. Those are all impending like, doom. Is yeah. a Christian? No, yeah. And so if you go check the, all those guys out, like pretty much the whole scene that was of any count was the Christian genre, and that was like you know circa two thousand nine. Were you the uh, singer? I was the singer screamer for that band and <laughs> wrote everything. That, I mean, um, does well, it hurt? What's that? Does it hurt? Um, I don't know. Maybe like long term. I'm. I just turned thirty eight, so like maybe we'll find out later if it's like destroyed can you still me. Do it? Let's hear it. Nah, I don't, I don't think I can. <laughs> especially. I mean, right now it probably wouldn't hurt anything because I got like all this phlegm and junk in oh my. Oh my god! Throat. You probably sound amazing. It yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. like clear you yeah. yeah, you got Actually, some uh, like sixteen more years of life in you, dude. You'd probably really, really be able to pull it off now. You know. <laughs> well, I texted the the guys that was in I was in the band with, um, and actually the guitar player from uh that plays with me now well sometimes plays with me he 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 was in my first band too but i texted him i was like well now i've got a studio let's just go record some of those those like metalcore songs that we wrote when we were younger that's wild uh, so only one person's got back to me (laughs) the bassist who hasn't played in a band in a while he's like i'd be down and i was like sure yeah (laughs) so where did you go after your thrash days um then i I got into like uh americana pretty heavy uh like early americana i feel like nowadays there's a lot of like americana is pretty popular um Mm -hmm. but i was really into like the avid brothers uh Mm -hmm. uh, rode that train for a long time had a band called the metal larks um and that my same guitar player he's played in every band with me he played banjo in that band um Mm -hmm. and it was it was just shy of like stomp and holler and then and then I joined a string band after that band broke up because I was like, I don't want to do anything where I'm in charge. I just want to like play rhythm and like help you with some vocals. Um, what was the name of that band? Uh, that was the Sharecroppers. We were we were like a string band and uh, the the mandolin and fiddle player and the and the main flat picker were really into like the Dead. So we mm. we covered a lot of like Grateful Dead. Um, but bluegrass style, yeah. which is a lot yeah, of fun. Get you gigs I mean, it works. Stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's a great yeah. name too. Yeah, <laughs> another sure good problems. band name. Yeah. And then <laughs> after that, I was like, I want to start making like rock and roll, but I wanted to like, I want to marry in with like, I, I, I actually started like songwriting whenever I was in the the Metal Arcs, my my Americana band, and I was like, I want to like marry the two of like, um, 
you know, having some rock and roll elements, but also be able to do singer songwriter. And that's when, you know, Buck the Taxidermist was kind of started. So that's when you started writing about that time. Uh, What inspired you to start writing? Uh, You mean from the beginning or? Well, I mean, was that when you started like writing, writing or were you writing? No, I was writing as far back as like Armor of Light, like the the Christian band that I had. What what inspired you to start, uh, you know, putting pen to paper at that point? Um, I don't know. I just thought that I could do it. And I think mostly I just wanted to be in a band. And so we, we started small and like, it was mostly doing covers. I think like the, before we became like a metal band, we were like covering Bob Marley and stuff. (laughs) And then, and then it morphed, you know, like we were playing coffee shops and then that morphed and, uh, <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the, I don't know. The trajectory is yeah. crazy. That's a direct line. Bob Marley. Bob Marley said, to... We're playing Bob Marley and that morphed in this death metal band. <laughs> yeah. Then we were at coffee shops and that morphed. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, I don't. Get I, don't it. I think I've always. I just want to like experience what what there is. Like I don't. I don't think I'll ever be good enough to be in like a jazz band or or anything like that. But I, I want to like try everything, and mm-hmm. I think that's what that's what made me. Uh, this is the longest. Uh, iteration of music that I've done so far. It was like seven years in a row of of Buck the Taxidermist. And I think it's because I didn't put so much stock in what we were as a band as much as I was like, whoever wants to come and go throughout the the process, that's okay with me. And a lot of the inspirations for that have been uh, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger. Um, you know, it sounds like a band and it is, but it's, it's just a, a guy that has, he gathers people to him that are talented and, and are about that vibe. Um, and then, uh, Eric Johnson from Fruit Bats is a good example too. Uh, I uh, love the Fruit Bats. So it's like, you know, those are, they are a band. He has people that play with them, but it's, you know, the core of it is himself and he can... You know, when I first started Buck, I was I was really into I still am into Tame Impala, but that's where I started. Was like I wanted to make like this indie, uh, lo-fi, uh, you know, psychedelic type thing, and then um, I found out that that wasn't gonna. I'm not as good at it as I thought I was gonna be, <laughs> and that's fine. Like that's I, I don't do drugs, so maybe that's a part of it. Yeah, that it doesn't help, <laughs> and um, so. I just started, you know, like my natural self started coming out more and more with this iteration of what I make than the other things. And then I was like, you know what, that's fine. Like if I, if I want to make a country Western album under this name, then I'll do that. And if I want to make something that's electronic, I'll do that. Um, And I'm okay with that. Like it doesn't have to be a thing, like one thing and stay that way. So it kind of gives you freedom, huh? Yeah, I think so. And my personality is, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know if you guys are into Enneagram, but I'm like, I don't if you ever study like your personality type stuff, Mm-mm. but my Enneagram's a nine, which is, um, they're basically like the peacemaker. So they're most of the time they're trying to direct attention off of themselves, which is really odd for a performer to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to live in that. Cause that is my personality is to like, I want to make sure everybody, are you okay? Are you okay? Like everybody's good at the sacrifice of myself sometimes. And it's not, I don't say that as like, woe is me, I'm, but it's more like a... Are you a middle child? No, I'm the oldest. <laughs> uh, but my brother's, uh, he's like the strong-willed version. You know, he's he's a sergeant in the state police and like totally different, you know, vibe than the direction I've gone. Um, and we get along. It's not like that. But, uh, <laughs> he was actually in 
in my hardcore band. He was no he kidding. was a drummer in that band. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> so anyway, I, I don't know what I was rambling about, but <laughs> well, talking about personality. No kidding. Mm-hmm. So what about like uh, what does writing look like for you now? I mean, you start. At a at a stage where you you know uh, coffee house to death metal, uh, well I guess life metal is what you call hardcore Christian music, <laughs> but uh, you know to get where we just heard the four songs that you did prior uh, to us talking now, and they definitely weren't death metal by any means, but they're super super well written. Um, can there's something about painting a picture, man? You know you can visually. Uh, put a picture in somebody's head with your lyricism so how do you get you know what did the evolution look like from you was it just life or was it just taken you know because even with the perspective that you have of of, um buck the taxidermist being something that's kind of like if you're in you're in if you're out you're out if you want to play come play whatever it seems like a philosophy you know you just kind of have to be able to have some type of i guess be a nine uh, with the ideogram, is that what it's called? To to uh, be able to to be able to just I don't know relax like that. Where you know, does that make sense? Yeah, I think uh, for me it was uh, I, I, which I think a lot of musicians do obsess over uh, my craft, and so um, I think a lot of people have a healthy attachment to it where they can like, okay, well I'm doing this and. We've got a show, blah, 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 and it doesn't matter. Um, whereas with me, I have to, like, make a I make a, a schedule for my life, like family stuff. But in my head, I know in all my shows, I know in all, all my recording stuff is, like, that's how, like, obsessed I am about it. And I think whenever I had bands and I expected people to be as in it as I was, um, it it was a lot healthier for me to be like, you know what? I'm not going to expect you to be mm. as into this. And, and, and also like, I don't know, I don't have to worry about if they, which I like co-writing, but I don't have to worry about like, they don't like this song. I can be like, I don't like, it doesn't matter. Cause this is my thing. And I do like this song. I don't have to, there's no, no democracy. And I do miss that sometimes, but I kind of like being the tyrant of, <laughs> of like my own little uh, kingdom, you know. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's there's something to to be said about creating. You know, you're you're coming up with this idea and you want to see it come to fruition, regardless of you know. Sometimes it's a, a lot of people talk about co-writing and and the how good it is for them and it helps keep that the juices flowing and, and do some things. But there also is something to be said about. Sometimes you have to get what you have in you and in your head and in your heart down, and that's it. This is what it is. It, it you know, for now, it, it can be molded later or whatever. Uh, but you know, there's something maybe cathartic or, or therapeutic about just you know, writing something out, even if you know maybe it's not going to be something, maybe it will, who knows. Mm-hmm. But the freedom to not have to go. All right, now I got to take this to my yeah. <laughs> people and get approval, yeah. you know. And in all honesty, I think most it's 50-50, but I think a lot of times I I do miss like I'll see people in in Lexington and Louisville and they have a band and I know that everybody's in. Mm-hmm. And I miss like the 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 brotherhood of that and and knowing like 
everybody's all, you know, and, but I, at the same time, I know that they have the text messages or the slacks where like somebody's asking and other people aren't answering right away. And that still happens to me, but it's less stressful because I can be like, I'm going to go do this podcast with you guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, I, you know, nobody wanted to make the trip today. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. This is, this is my thing. And I'm going to do it. And, and it's been a lot of fun on them. Ah, it's okay. Everybody, <laughs> How dare you? I think everybody in my band has you know big kid jobs and and big kids too. So yeah, yeah, hey amen. Part them. of it, you know. Uh, but but you're right to be able to come do it on your own, not have to worry, not put those concerns. It's good. And I think it's cool too that the, the, I feel like there is a freedom and like there's no pressure when it is just like. It is just you, and so you can do what you want. You can come here by yourself. You don't have to be like, holy shit, like, I don't have my band. Like, mm-hmm. you can just do what you want. I know there's some people that, without their band, like... They're not comfortable. They're not, com- they're not coming, or they're not comfortable at all. And so I think it's cool. Like, I I feel like it's nice to have, like, a brotherhood, but just, yeah. I mean, it's your project, and so I kind of... I've tried to... I have a newer band with me and my fellas, and I've mentally kind of in the same boat where I'm like, at some point, someone's not going to probably be part of this anymore and that will be okay like well it's my thing and they're i'm happy to have them be part of it but yeah i think that gives you a lot of freedom to just do what you want the the average like lifespan of like an indie band's like three Uh, years three weeks yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but that's the thing is like if you i think i got so wrapped up in the early days of like well if uh, so and so is not in it how can we do this without them and i think a lot of it was limitations of where i lived um you know grew up uh, in Garrett County, which is like, uh, you probably don't even know the county seat of Garrett County seat. So they, they, we were limited on who can, you know, how many musicians are even my age have the same vision and want to actually do this and then can do it. Mm. (laughs) So, I mean, like, uh, so you have like all these limitations and then you get wrapped up in your head, like, well, I guess we just can't do it. And I think the older you get, it comes with the experience. You're like, well, you just keep plugging and eventually you'll find somebody that wants to fill that spot or you'll just be a new iteration of whatever you're doing. Um, and so that's been uh, healthy. If if not fun, it's been mm-hmm. healthy. Like, yeah. Forces your hand to operate better. And it allows you to operate at all. Yeah, you, exactly. You know, with that yeah. type of attitude and that yeah. type of, uh, you know, hey, roll with the punches type of deal. Yeah. If, if I have people yeah. with me, if I don't, who gives a shit? <laughs> There is. It's always something like something comes yeah. up, like uh. drummer can't make it or whatever the case is, and it's good to not feel like, well, without him, like my music's shitty or whatever. Because like you were so awesome, just like I talked about how good the recordings are, but just you in the room sounded so great today. Like Thanks. really was just yeah. awesome. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I, I mean, I had uh, you know trying to get my life together for this gig of, that Earl let me play on because it's been so long since I played. And I was like, all right, I'm going to have this, uh, I'm going to get this guy, and I'm going to get this guy, and we're going to meet yesterday. First practice, it already fell through. So that's the, <laughs> it's like, you know what, never mind, dude. I'm just going to do it by myself. Or I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play the uh, December a 22nd, track. is that right? You can, no. December 22nd, where? Yeah. 22nd at Kaiju. Kaiju. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long Being are you getting it? Tyler Hood. Tyler can, Hood's can, on the bill, too, You can man. play as long as you want. I don't know. What? Yeah, I mean, no, what? I'm playing like 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Whatever you uh, give me, man, I'll play. But it's it should be a good time. Um. 
Yeah, thanks for letting me play. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. It's good to do shows. It's cool to meet people. Like, it's good to meet you. If so maybe some point we'll do. I tell every person that comes on here, I want to do a show. <laughs> yeah, let's like, do a like show. do a show sometime, <laughs> man. So, yeah, really love your stuff. Talk, talk a little bit about like, like I've mentioned the recordings. Like, I love them. Like, tell us about like how you recorded what you have out right now. Um. Okay. So the uh, I'm trying to think in what order. Um. Well, I think like the probably the oldest thing I actually have on streaming is a brother ep i love yeah the oh, bro- thanks, the song yeah. brother it sounds so good oh. like it sounded great in here it sounds great it. on the recording i really really yeah. like that song so the uh, funny story about that one i think it's i've always told people it's like the my favorite song i've ever written and um and i have like an lp coming out so i'm like i'm excited about those two um when do you know when um we are so before i came here i was actually uh mixing one of the songs for it um because I have a little home studio. So it's not... I just talked to my producer, and we're we're putting like a hard cut off February 10th. We're going to be done with it. Hell yeah. Because uh, it's been like three years. He's... This He's man, in a touring band, and we've already talked about a uh, you know Valentine's Day with this guy. Look, February tenth, he's gonna have uh, the kid number three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah album release. No, I'm it'll sorry, be sorry, that's man. not the release, but it'll be done. <laughs> we hope to have everything at least mixed by then. So yeah, you have a home studio where you record most of your I stuff. I do, yeah. Well, uh, about half. That's what I was gonna say on okay. on brother. Um, that recording was actually done. I took a. I took a cassette recorder with me to a park bench. Do you guys know where Ashland is? Yeah. In, uh, in uh, Lexington, like mm-hmm. the Henry Clay estate. Yep. Um, so I lived on Catalpa Road, which is like where the ginkgos are. Um, and I knew it was a good song, and I got so built up. I was like, what am I going to do? And I, I just said, uh, told my wife, I was like, I'm going to walk to the park and just record the song. And so the recording that you hear is actually just me on my iPhone. That's crazy, um, and really? then and then put it on Logic and like you know mixed it a little bit, added her harmony, but um, oh, that's cool. So like that, then that's kind of how I always had operated. Like limitations are my friend, you know. Um, and so like brother was done. I think I did everything myself, either in our apartment or yeah, it was in our apartment. And then um, except for one song, um, High and Rose, I did with Carson Childers. Um, and then I think the next thing I did was uh, Notes and Numbers, which is like more of a full band thing. We did that with uh, Otto Helmuth in Lexington. And it was all live with the band. And then I came in and did overdubs after. So we just uh, gave gave our drummer, Jacob, um, he, he had a click. And then we just stuck with him. Like we didn't listen to the click and, mm-hmm. and just kind of recorded it that way. And Otto's like a really great dude. I just... Now that I've recorded with somebody, and I've worked with uh, another guy in, in in Lexington too, but um, but after doing that, I was like, you know what? I think I can do this, and mostly I'm limited by funds, um, and I have the gear. So so nowadays it's kind of like I'm I'm trying to do more on my own. But and the LP is get I, I did with uh, Zach Hamilton at like five different locations, uh, Nashville and two places, and then. Um, my basement and some other places in Lexington, but yeah. Well, it's amazing. You know, it is, we talk about it from time to time, but it's amazing what you can get. If you got a number one, if you got a good ear and you can, uh, really know what you want and what you want to get out of your recordings, uh, which it sounds like, you know, that, that 
as you're writing, you know, you're hearing what you want, you know, not only in the, the songwriting process, but the recording process. So it's nice to have control over both those things as well. Um, but I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's probably time for Weston's questions. It's time. <laughs> Hit it, Earl. Yeah. So uh, the first one is probably everyone's favorite. Tell us a non-music <laughs> fact about you that you want to share with some people. It can be anything. I know fun fact is always like... Fun fact is the hard one. It's a, yeah, like, no one likes that question. You know why? Because everyone's like... Because I do... Yes, yeah, like I do music. It's yeah. music's my fun well, I wanted to ask him earlier. He already said he worked in a kitchen. I, I wondered if he cooked. Uh, yeah, I guess that is a fun fact. Um, my wife and I took over ownership of the company that I've worked for for the last seven years. Oh, wow. Um, and the name of the company is Sweetgrass Natural Foods. Um, and... The people that started at Jacob and Carolyn gone. Uh, Jacob's actually my bassist, uh, but they started this uh, granola company when they were um, they had like a natural farm and they wanted some added value products. So my wife and I now own um, a granola company, and we're we're excited. Like we're we're uh, just learning the business right now. But I've been doing how, it. How long? How long is this? Uh... Uh, we've we've almost owned the company a year, but we. Um, I've been the the manager or somebody working in production there for seven years, um, so we're that's what we do. <laughs> so like what, yeah. and raise kids. What does that What's look the like? Product? like yeah. uh, so we uh, it's natural food. We make um, a granola called Sweet Grass Granola. Um, uh, we we're in several stores back in Lexington. We're in uh, Good Foods Co op, and we do farmers markets and. Um, going to be in a few like retail stores pretty soon, but we're, um, it's just a granola that's made with, uh, zero refined sugars. We have, um, we sweeten ours with, uh, sorghum that we get from Danny Townsend, um, in Mount Sterling, Kentucky, and, uh, has Kentucky hemp hearts. Um, so it's all local grown stuff. Yeah, we, it actually supports, uh, I want to say, well, when we get our chocolate back on the, on the market, it'll support four local farms and uh one farm in west virginia they have a there's a sea salt um harvester in west virginia that they they're called jq dickinson they pump up salt water brine from under their mountain and then they dry it out and make a sea salt that's from west virginia um that's pretty cool not musical (laughs) yeah that is that's a good that might be the the most interesting fact i've heard on here so can you go online and buy it yeah sweetgrassgranola.com sweetgrassgranola.com hell yeah man and we uh i'm gonna have to try it out hell yeah yeah, i love granola we do do co-packing uh services too that's like one of our our main uh business models is uh if you had like a say you had a cookie uh, that you really think is a good cookie, you would bring it to us and we'd make it on a bigger scale Ooh. and like make it more efficient for you. So we're top hill cookie. Top hill cookie. <laughs> yeah. Very neat. Top hill cookie. <laughs> so we th- promised it's not laced. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It'd be, a, it'd be a special cookie probably. <laughs> tell us, uh, the next question is, tell us about like a nightmare gig you've, you've had over the years or just like if you haven't had a terrible one, just an interesting or notable gig that you uh, want to talk about. Um, I'm, I've yet to have a good gig in Nashville, uh, which is... Uh, How many times have we heard that? Yeah, no, right. uh, yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't say nightmare, but just kind of like what gives, you know? Um, 
But yeah, not nightmare. We uh, one time at Owls, which is like uh, oh yeah, I'm playing Owls next Thursday. Oh yeah, yeah. well oh, Owls now is a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but the uh, one gig that we had, we we were actually opening for um, oh, it was Isle of Eight um, and Lilac actually, and we were the opening band. And on the last song, my guitarist Blake uh, got done with his solo, and then no kidding, like the last song, last like you know whatever eight bars of the song uh his little vanilla looking power strip caught on fire oh and then the whole like on fire like this big like plume of electric smoke Whoa. and then uh that sounds like the best gig that sounds yeah. badass <laughs> and then the whole place shut down and everybody thought that you know they're like they did that on purpose like how would we do that on purpose yeah <laughs> But anyway, it like turned the lights lights out for a while. My but, wife would uh, freak out. She heard that. Yeah. She'd be like, "Take all the power cords out of the walls. It's gonna it's gonna catch on oh, fire." He's, but Blake's been like shocked like fifteen times. So I think there's like shot shocked. Oh shit! <laughs> not not like, fifty Damn, cent. Dude, who you traveling with? <laughs> like yeah, better not be. Somebody needs to check out Blake's pedal board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, dude. He's got something right wired jacked up. No, nah, there's been several times where he uh, yeah he's Blake is he's, like falling over. Not grounded. Blake, yeah. take your pedal board somewhere. <laughs> Blake, get it together, man. You're gonna die one day. <laughs> Poor Blake. Poor Blake. Or electricity around Blake. Hey, let's yeah. ask about the greatest gig. Yeah, tell us like a notable, like a fun gig you've had or just like the biggest gig Guarantee you've had. Guarantee it didn't happen in Nashville. No, it didn't. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's been a lot of fun ones this year, especially we, um, uh, my first like full band tour was this year. Uh, we did uh, six days, which is a lot whenever me and, uh, me and Jacob both have two children. So like mm-hmm. just yeah. getting our wives to be like, Yes, you're allowed to do this, like, <laughs> and like semi blessings were given. Um, had a lot of fun. Like we we played in uh, we played in Louisville at the Monarch. That was a great game. Oh, Love the Monarch. Yeah, we talk yeah. about it every episode. Yeah. Actually, Mark's on next Monday. Oh, cool! So Mark's yeah. going to be on. We're going to have all kinds of fun. What'd you think of that place? It was great. It was. Um, I mean, as musicians, we're always looking for like a built-in crowd that actually shuts up. Yep, and that's what the monarch it's does. The most attentive crowd ever. Yeah, I mean, we played a Tuesday, and it was uh, no kidding, fifty people. That yeah, um, wow. And Quiet. it was yeah, and it was it was the second best paid gig because we had a guarantee mm-hmm. for later that week. But Tuesday night, getting you know second best pay yeah, out of it. Yeah. Um, I I tell you, right right? as we speak, right now, as we speak, right this second, I'm brokenhearted to say that Ellie Roos playing the Monarch and we're not there. Oh, she's playing tonight. That's going to be awesome. I mean, could you imagine? What did you say? uh, Ellie? Yep. Uh Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's great. We we haven't talked about her in a while, but we bring her up a lot in Mm -hmm. this podcast. There's a Monarch and Ellie Ruth are running uh, out of 200 episodes, they've made probably like 25% of them. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she and uh, was it Chris, Chris, yep. and Fiona? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they were great, unbelievable. Uh, one yep. shot, one mic, one song. Yeah, her uh, her original stuff is still just whatever, but it's crazy. Anyway, where else did you play? Um, uh, St. Louis was weird. Uh, weird. Yeah, we played uh I can't remember a place in Mississippi. That was a really cool gig. Uh then played in Florence with my friend Mackenzie Lockhart. Um Florence, Alabama, sorry. Um like close to Muscle Shoals. Yeah, that so that's was a, a fun good drive. Gig. Yeah. yeah. Um and then I think like the 
the coolest gig we had this year was uh, we did Tall Sound, like we kind of, which is like a a mini festival they they put on the Southland side of Lexington, mm. and it's like this uh, I don't know you, mini festival you play to like five hundred people. Oh yeah, which mm. is kind of cool. And yeah. um, that was with Dog was the the headliner of that. Oh yeah, um, okay. I don't know who that so those are cool ones from this year. We've uh, I played. Um, what was weird in St. Louis? Uh, St. Louis is weird. I got this <laughs> and gig. I have a lot of friends from there, but like you this, mean just the city. The, the yeah, like this played? this gig was not. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was just interesting, and I love the 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 guy that got the show and all that. But it was just like uh, it was just yeah, it was the oddball of the yeah. of the tour. But mm. um, hey, man, if you play six, you're gonna have to have one. This I know you gotta have yeah. a, a weird one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they can't all be fun. Yeah, uh, this year has been a lot of fun. I've been trying to like just. I've got a one, you know, she's almost two years old, so I've been trying to, like, chill on that and and do a lot of, like, production for other people, which has been fun. Yeah, you said you had a two-year-old and four-year-old, so mm-hmm. you're, you're busy at home. Yeah, <laughs> and the business is, like, new, so I kind of... Oh, yeah. 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 Jeez. Yeah. Jeez, you're raising all kinds of shit right now. I know. What's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> Businesses and babies, baby. I don't think I like myself very much. <laughs> <laughs> like, what can I do to occupy yeah. all my time? <laughs> Hmm. Let's own a business. Yeah, and that's a good idea. Babies. Yeah, then go on tour. <laughs> All right, question three. Tell us the last local artist you listened to or one you want to shout out. Oh, man. Um, listen to uh, Townsville Turner just put out. His name's Dylan. I can't remember his last name. But uh, Townsville's like one of those bands that people sleep on. Uh uh they're you know based out of lexington but it's like uh his album that came out it's got a car on it i'm terrible at remembering album names but um but he's just like one of those people that uh you don't you don't expect to hear something like that from kentucky um uh, a little bit like um you know like bendigo or or wayne graham you don't expect to hear um like that kind of vibe out of kentucky it should be expected but um, there's a certain thing that's happened in Kentucky that people expect to hear, and Townsville's oh, one of those like brush, you know, breath of fresh air. Like oh, this is something new, um, and yeah, You're not so the I, first to mention. What's that? You're not the first to mention Townsville. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That that stuff's great, and he's actually uh, he might be playing. I'm doing like a Green Lantern residency and cool in Lexington this uh this winter, um, and I think Dylan will actually be playing like. I have guest spots like every, every, uh, it's, it's just four days, but, um, and I think he's going to join me on one of those. Hopefully nice. he left me on red on, on Instagram, <laughs> but he, he, but he asked me to do it. So I was like, yeah, he probably wants to do it. Yeah. He better. Yeah. Damn it. But yeah, your messages counts. Yeah. He's great. Um, trying to think of anybody else, I guess. Yeah. I think he's the last one I listened to that was local. Um, yeah. Right on, man. Well, for, uh, all of our listeners and uh, viewers that want to find you, want to come see you, want to listen to your music, where can they find you? Um, I'm most active on Instagram and Facebook. I had TikTok for two weeks, and I was like, this is not as poison. So I got rid of that. <laughs> I'm too old for TikTok. So Instagram, uh, just Buck the Taxidermist, and uh, Facebook, Buck the Taxidermist. And then if you want to buy things, uh, have a band camp as well. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, and for uh, all our listeners, check out Earl 
on Spotify, Instagram. You can find us on Instagram, Top Hill Recording Podcast, on Spotify, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, make sure you hit that like, subscribe, do all that, share it, and we will see you next time. And vote for the podcast oh, for an yeah. Appy Award. Yeah, nominated for an Appy Award. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And Earl Bowman. Yeah. 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 Check that out, man. That's uh, wild. Yep. So we'll see. Maybe for yeah. Brad's birthday, we'll get an Appy. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> Kyle, thanks so much for visiting with us. Yeah, you were hey. great, man. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks, brother. guys. Thank you, man.